Hello, this is Jeremy. I'm the host of the podcast that you're about to listen to. I'm coming to you from the future. Um, I'm currently, I just recorded episode, I want to say 28. And uh, I've noticed that uh, uh, the first couple episodes are pretty rough. And when I go back and listen to them, when I try to get people turned on to the podcast... And uh, you know, when you hear a podcast that you're interested in, usually the first thing people do is go back to the first episode. Like, oh, let me start from the beginning. Um, I understand that my first two episodes, at least first two episodes, were pretty rough. Um, stick with it. It does get better. Um, I had to get used to, to having a conversation with myself. Um, about episode three is where it starts to get way better. You can tell that I kind of find my voice a little bit. You know, I'm a lot less awkward. Um, episode 1 and 2, I think, still have some decent content. So feel free to, to listen to those, especially because they're free. Um, but please, you know, tell your friends about it. Um, I appreciate all the support. And uh, just stick with it. I know the first episode is a little a little raw, but it, uh, it does get better. I promise I will deliver. Um, and thanks again for the support. I'm just going to add this little disclaimer onto the first episode. I've noticed that's the most downloaded episode, and after that, the, the listenership kind of drops off there. <laughs> so I'm putting this little, you know, minute and a half disclaimer on there, just to try and beg the uh, the new fans, you know, to just stick with it. You know, even if you have to skip to episode three and start there, um, you know, that's fine too. Uh, thanks again, and uh, keep on listening. Welcome to the first episode of your parenting podcast. I am your host, Jeremy, and uh, this is going to be a podcast about parenting with a comedic slant. Um, this episode, and probably future episodes, will be pretty raw as far as sound quality. Um, I don't have uh, any kind of fancy podcasting studio, um, and as you can probably tell from the background noise, I'm recording this outside on the back porch, so you can probably hear the crickets on this lovely uh, Florida evening. Um, eventually, I'm going to have an email that I'll provide at the end of the show that uh, you all can send in your funny uh, parenting stories. Um, and, you know, try to keep it short and sweet. You know, don't write me a book. Because I do want to try to get to all of them. Because um, I'm sure everybody has at least one story you know, where they got shit on or whatever by their child or they got embarrassed in public. And those are all the funny ones. Because I tell people that parenting is uh, 95% awesome and 5% terrible. And usually the terrible uh, 5% is what's entertaining to everyone else. So I'll definitely be sharing plenty of my uh, parenting stories. Um, That is really the only credentials that I have for my three children. I have no formal education or any kind of schooling or any kind of education. Just my wisdom and experience for trying to raise my three boys. Uh, me and my wife are uh, doing the best we can. And I'll try to provide some parenting tips along with all the funny stories. Uh, bear in mind that these are the things that worked for me and for our family. I don't want any of you assholes coming back and being like, oh, he told me to do this and you know, now my kid's in space. You know, any kind of thing like that. So take all my advice with a grain of salt. Bear in mind that I'm often wrong. 
and most of the time I'm just trying to you know get through the day like everyone else um, about my three kids I yeah uh, my oldest is five um, he is Grayson he's in kindergarten then he is my exact clone um, the joke around the house is that I had him by myself without my wife it was even down to his little mannerisms and quirks he is exactly me and uh, my middle child is Logan he tends to favor my wife a little more um, all of my children are uh, half Hispanic but uh, Logan's the only one with any even a little bit of color um, on his skin my other kids are two little gringuitos and uh, maybe I'll slip in a Spanish word every now and then but I'm sure it'll still sound super white but uh, Logan he's uh, he's a snuggle bug you know where Grayson is just like me he doesn't want people touching him doesn't want people hanging on him you know, Logan is all over you. And same thing with my youngest child, Isaiah. He's just a year. Um, he's also a big snuggler. And he's full of teeth that he likes to use to bite the shit out of you. So apparently he's half beaver. And, uh, yeah, those are my three kids. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of stories to share about all three. Even Isaiah, who's, uh, you know, the youngest. You know, I'll talk about all the uh, crazy birthing stories and pregnancy stories. And, you know, I'll try to be a, you know, radio version of what to expect. But I'll throw in a lot of curse words. And uh, the uh, email to send your funny stories is going to be yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com. I tried to make it as unoriginal as possible this way it's easy to remember same name as the show um, the episodes I'm going to try to have them run about an hour maybe a little less you know and I'll do most of it you know will be my ramblings and stories and then the last third or last quarter of the show will be uh, I'll be reading your stories and I don't have to identify you by name or whatever I can just say you know John S or whatever or something like that you know, in case some of those stories might get you in trouble. Because I'm sure some of my stories will get me in trouble. But that's what makes them so funny. Um, it'll probably take me a few episodes to get the hang of the format. Seeing as I've never done a podcast before. Um, I have uh, done stand-up comedy in the past. But it was uh, in the distant past. And I was by no means an established comedian. Uh, I did a handful of paid shows, uh, a few open mics. I had a good response, but uh, my last show, which was my best show, um, I found out shortly after that my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, was pregnant. And I just didn't want to be one of those dads that was gone all the time, or on the road all the time. So I kind of put the stand-up comedy on hiatus. And uh, I let all that creative energy fester inside and turn it into a mental illness until I was able to find a creative outlet, which will be this podcast. Uh, eventually, I'll try to edit out some of the background noise and if my voice sounds stupid, because everybody's voice sounds stupid to themselves um, at the moment. 
it's just going to be just raw feed you know no editing which you what you hear is what you get um, hopefully uh, I can keep you guys entertained by it and uh, like I said I'm gonna have you send in your parenting tips your parenting stories you know we'll try to build a little community here where we can all uh, make fun of ourselves and our kids um, right now we're in the middle of trying to buy a house uh, which is just as fun as it sounds and uh, once we get that house we're gonna have to empty not one but two storage units and then we still like gotta buy a whole bunch of fucking furniture so I mean maybe some of the stories will be involved with the home buying process maybe we'll be all over the place maybe I'll talk about Star Wars and nerdy shit that I like and maybe every few episodes I'll have a guest find somebody that's a new parent or somebody that has a, a whole fucking brood of kids and we can all talk about those experiences and share some laughs and funny stories um, I do talk about how awesome parenting is um, obviously it can be a trial that's that 5% uh, most of the time it's pretty awesome um, I think a big part of it is just uh, learning how to talk to your kids. I read a lot of the parenting articles and parenting stories and you know all kids like this, all kids like that, you have to talk to them this way and you know you just have to you know learn how to be silly with them, learn how to get involved in their distractions. You know because every child is going to be different even in the same family. You know all three of my kids are incredibly different. Um, you know, of course, now that they're, you know, talking, they learn to back talk. But, uh, you know, to hear, you know, teachers comment, you know, hey, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because your kids are great. You know, it's a good feeling. I mean, even this weekend, um, the kids have been pretty well behaved. Took the two oldest to the library, which uh, I don't remember the library ever being cool. But apparently now it's very nice. I have one here in the town that we live um, has a really good kids section with the you know the computers with the learning stuff and all the books and DVDs and you know they had a blast in there and they were actually very well behaved. And today we took them to SeaWorld for the the you know SeaWorld spooktacular Halloween where they got to dress up as you know Grayson's going to be a, a Ninja Turtle Raphael. But the old school Raphael with the size, not the tonfas that they did on the new, the new shit. It went old school. And uh, Logan is Gecko from PJ Masks. Um, any parent listening that has a child in the three to six range most likely knows what, what that show is. And kids with magical pajamas that fight crime and shit. But Logan loves it. Kids he'll run into would love it today. They'd see him at SeaWorld and, you know, hey, it's Gecko, hey, it's Gecko, and he was just beaming about it. And it was, uh, it was pretty nice. And then, of course, uh, at the end of the day, when we had to leave, that's when we get the tantrums. You know, Grayson got upset because I wouldn't let him play Angry Birds, so that was his tantrum. And most of these tantrums will last, you know, five, ten minutes, and then they get over it when you distract them with something else. Sorry, I had to pause it for a second and let a plane fly overhead. 
which totally made me lose my train of thought. Because I'm not used to having conversations just by myself. Usually when I'm walking around rambling, it's into a microphone on stage. So even that hasn't happened in a while. And I used to love the, the stand-up comedy. Um, but only when I was on the stage, before every single show, I was just a fucking wreck. You know, either throwing up or nauseous or getting like the meat sweats. It was all awful. And every time I would try to convince myself, you know, just don't do the show. You know, you don't have to. This is stupid. Let's just go home. But then as soon as I stepped on stage and you hear even like, you know, all four people that are there clapping, it was, it was a nice feeling. And I got to tell, you know, funny, self-depreciating stories about myself. Or self-deprecating, self-depreciating. I guess I'm a car. And at my last comedy show that I did, my mother was actually at that show. Um, I remember her telling me, you know, hey, I want to come see one of your comedy shows. And I remember telling her, hey, that's a terrible idea. Um, I do tend to say some terrible things. But uh, I think it was the STD story about getting tested and swabbed for chlamydia or whatever they swab you for. And then looking at the audience and seeing my mother crying from laughing so hard. That was a nice feeling. I wish it could have come with a less embarrassing story. That's okay. And uh, that was one of the few shows I can remember that uh, my wife was there. And uh, she seemed to enjoy it. So people would tell me, it's like, oh, does she support your comedy? And I would say, ah, not really. So she doesn't really think I'm that funny. Which I think is uh, one of the things that, I guess, keeps me in check. Don't let my ego get too far away. Sorry, I'm leaning on this pause button so much. I don't know if it's more than a few seconds gap in between between planes going overhead and me losing my train of thought. Because I'm used to just having conversations with other humans instead of my cell phone here. Um, hopefully I can get this into a format where people will listen to it and enjoy it. And we'll tell our funny stories. We'll laugh along with and at each other. And uh, this first little episode is probably going to be short and sweet. Just to kind of get it out there. i got to work on getting some cover art for the podcast. I know at the moment I uh, just had uh, Grayson draw. You know, it was a picture of the family that I scribbled something on. That's probably what uh, all of you have seen to, to find this show. And eventually, like I said, I should have some editing software, edit out the fucking crickets, and because that's exactly what a struggling comedian wants to hear, it's crickets. Um, either way, uh, we're going to try to have fun with it, we're going to try and keep it lighthearted, though I may get emotional at times, I may get sappy at times, um, for all the funny, you know, shit stories and, and embarrassing stories, you know, I do... Uh, you know, I love my family. You know, I couldn't imagine a life without them, and I'm uninterested in a life without them. Though they do get on my fucking nerves occasionally. Which I guess what happens is when everybody's human. We drive each other crazy. You know, my kids think it's uh, super hilarious when I get mad because I'm trying not to curse around the kids. And I can't 
get my brain to substitute other words for curse words. You know, I can't hit my shin on the table and say, oh, sassafras real loud. So I said I had to grip my teeth and go as loud as I can, and then the kids think it's hilarious, and we all have a good chuckle over it. Hopefully I haven't bored you all to tears already, all two or three of you that actually listen to this. Um, Like I said, the podcast should um, hopefully be 45 minutes to an hour uh, once I start getting other people to submit the stories along with my own stories. Um, I'll also stop saying, like I said, hopefully over and over again. That way it doesn't look like I'm just trying to fill up time. And I'll even talk about uh, early pregnancy stories. Um, My wife has uh, awful pregnancies, for the most part. Uh, With Grayson, because that was our first child, everything was so... uh, new and scary and all unknown territory so we were both not really sure what to expect Um, I remember her being sick just from beginning to end just conception to delivery throwing up every single day Um, I assumed she was going to get mean I was actually mentally prepared for mean but I said she would just get super depressed which I was not prepared for And I had to have strawberry milk on hand. That was her, her weird craving with that pregnancy. It was strawberry milk, and it had to be Nestle. If I brought home a different brand, she would start fucking crying. And then I would feel terrible about it. Which only happened once, thankfully. I learned my lesson. And uh, Grayson was... Uh, yeah, he was a quick delivery. My wife was uh, induced... Uh, for that pregnancy. So she had to sit in the hospital and eat just popsicles for about 24 hours. And I do remember her telling me that she was dreaming about french fries, which is a little hilarious. And I only got about three hours of sleep. And of course, it's during that three hours that uh, Grayson decides that that's when he's going to be born. And I remember, uh, well, I don't remember, my wife told me she had thrown a bunch of things at me. They were trying to wake me up, and they couldn't. So the nurse came over and shook me, and I finally woke up. And then I just figured, you know, I said, oh, the baby's coming. So I said, all right. And I figured I got, you know, an hour or so. So I kind of stumble into the bathroom and, you know, try to brush my teeth, you know, wash my hands. And then I come out of the bathroom, and she's already up in the stirrups, and the doctor's there. And they said, all right, the baby's coming. It's like, okay, you're going to push. You're going to grab her by the thighs. You're going to squeeze her like an accordion when she pushes. The baby slides out and you squeeze him, cut the cord. Hey, you're dead. And it's like, I feel like it, one breath. And everything was just, you know, just happened so fast. Um, Just as an aside, um, everyone that says life is beautiful and childbirth is beautiful is not really remembering it the way I'm remembering it. There's childbirth, I mean, yeah, there's a new life coming into the world and blah, blah, blah. But childbirth is fucking gross. And when the baby comes out, like, it, ma- it makes this noise. Like, when you have your, your shoe, like, stuck up to your ankles in mud, and then you pull it out, like, that noise, that's what it sounds like when a baby slides out. 
And I mean, they're not clean and perfect with a soft light shining on them like in the TV shows. It's like they're covered in blood and, and you know, poop and slime and who knows what else. But, you know, the first time that I saw, you know, Grayson came out, I expected him to spank him like in the movies. That didn't happen. Doctor just kind of held him up, gave him a little pat on the back. And I watched that first breath and... <gasps> You know, he took in that first little breath and started crying. And then I started crying, but like in a manly, you know, bearded lumberjack way. That was when I was like, okay, this is the person that I'm meant to be. You know, now I'm going to take care of this little human. Try not to fuck him up. And I try to do my best, trying to remember all my dad wisdom that escaped me at that moment. And I remember cutting the umbilical cord which has the consistency of a, a Twizzler. And of course, you know, I was afraid that I was gonna hurt somebody, you know, my wife or the child, you know, cutting the cord, but apparently nobody can feel anything. So that was also gross. And then uh, I remember the doctor saying, okay, here comes the placenta. And he brings out this little, this little silver pan, squarish kind of pan. The kind that you make brownies in, because that was my first thought. I was like, this is the kind of pan I make brownies in. And then this, almost a creature, this blob kind of slides out. And I remember my wife saying, oh, I want to see the placenta. And I said, ah, no, you don't. And she said, what does it look like? And I said, well, this picture, a boneless burn victim. It's this weird, fleshy, veiny blob. And if I wasn't so grossed out about it, I was going to tell the nurses, oh, save it because we're going to freeze dry it and eat it. But, you know, that joke escaped me at the time because it was such a gross, uh, a gross thing there. And I remember we had wanted to donate the cord blood, you know, for stem cells and, you know, what have you. But it's like they made it really complicated, which I wish they had made it a simpler process. They had to you know, sign packets full of papers and it's like you're in labor and you're doing all this shit and maybe they, if they brought it to us a week before we could have done it. <laughs> but it's like, I don't remember it getting mentioned until, you know, it's zero hour and you know, we've had no sleep. You know, because Grayson was born about 2.30 in the morning. You know, everybody's exhausted. And it's like, believe me, I would have loved to have donated and helped somebody out. You know, but if they made that a little bit easier, I think more people would do it. I know that you can can bank it, bank the cord blood, like save it for who the fuck knows what they save it for. I don't know. Sell it to Mark Zuckerberg. I have no idea. But I remember that costing a lot of money, so we were just kind of like, nah. But uh, that's, uh, that birth went pretty well. Um, I do remember... Uh, that first night in the little hospital rocking chair, feeling completely overwhelmed, holding this new baby. Not really sure what to do. Just like looking down at his perfect little face and saying, okay, you know, let's do this. Now we're gonna, you know, be a perfect dad from here on out. And then I think we were only at the hospital a couple more days, a day or two, I don't remember. 
And then the first night, because at the time I was working nights, I knew Cynthia, my wife, was exhausted. And I said, you know what? I'm a, I got night duty. I was like, use the breast pump. Give me enough milk to last the night. You get some sleep. I'll be super dead and take care of the, the crying newborn. And uh, within an hour, um, I had almost killed him. Yeah, I couldn't figure out that I had the milk in the bottle. I couldn't figure out that they, the hole on the nipple of the bottle was almost non-existent. So he's crying. I was like, okay, he's hungry. No problem. I change his diaper. I get him all swaddled. You know, I get the milk. It's nice and warm, which is also kind of gross because it's like warm human milk. So it's weird. But I'm on the couch. I'm holding him, and I'm trying to get him to drink it, and he's, he keeps trying, and nothing's happening. He's just crying and crying, and I can't figure it out. You know, he's crying at this point. I'm crying because it's been like two hours. He's just screaming, crying. I finally had to go get my wife. We could both couldn't figure it out. And then I knocked the bottle over on its side on the table or something. And then I saw that I just happened to notice that like nothing came out. So I said, hmm. You know, and I turned the bottle over and gave it a squeeze like as hard as I could. And like barely a drop of milk came out. So then once we figured out how to widen the hole, get him to drink the bottle. So first night alone with the baby, he almost starves to death on my watch. Um, not my best first impression of fatherhood. But I figured hopefully, you know, it can only go up from there. And I also, as a fun little project, um, as soon as I found out that Cynthia was pregnant with Grayson, I started writing this little journal. And at first we both were writing in it. Just, you know, current events, things that are going on in the family, you know, talking to him while he was in the womb. And eventually, because Cynthia's not much of a writer, you know, she's more of an action, you know, person. And I'm sure I'll talk a lot about her, because she is my, uh, my superwoman. But I'm more of the, the writer. So eventually, it became just me writing in the books about once a month. Um, you know, I'll write in the book, just, you know... Here's what's going on. Here's what's going on with work. And we're trying to buy a house. And here's what's going on with your brothers. Maybe eventually, when he gets to be 18 or so, or old enough to appreciate something his old man did before I get too lame. The kids even say lame anymore. Um, I'll give that to him. And maybe that's something that he can, he can enjoy. He can see what life was like when he was growing up. Our struggles, you know, financially trying to get our shit together to buy this house. Because they don't really teach you in high school um, any of that shit. I remember taking an economics class where all we did was just watch movies because the teacher didn't care. And, you know, looking back, I wish somebody could have taught me how to, you know, not fuck up my credit. You know, not, you know, ruin my, you know, future by you know, not doing my taxes right. <laughs> Yeah, where somebody could have taught me how to buy a house and about the real estate market, even just some basic knowledge, could have helped immensely. Instead of graduating high school at 18 and getting, you know, four credit cards in the mail, you know, and treating it like free money. But I digress. I'm sure we'll get to those stories, too. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty much how Grayson came into the world. My wife usually has uh, notoriously rough pregnancies, and uh, the births were 
at least Grayson and Logan. You know, Logan's birth was about the same. She got induced. He you know, came out pretty quick. No incidents, no accidents. Everybody was happy and healthy. A little less scary second time around. And uh, some of these stories I'll go into more detail in later episodes. But, uh, you know, Logan's birth was, you know, relatively easy. I think we were home within 24 hours. Um, I think Isaiah was the, uh, the wild card. And Cynthia had a, had a relatively chill pregnancy uh, with him. So that's why we had figured this one was going to be a girl, because we had the two boys. Two pregnancies were awful. Um, since this pregnancy was relatively mild, it's like, oh, it's so much different. You know, maybe uh, this one would be a girl. And, you know, I know really we didn't care either way. You know, we just really just wanted healthy. Um, I think secretly, or not so secretly, I know my mother, you know, wanted a, a little grandbaby girl. But I know she would have been happy with, you know, healthy either way. Uh, but Isaiah, he was the, the wild card. Um, Cynthia had to have an aversion with him because he was in the breech position um, when she was about, I think, almost nine months or just after nine months. I'll have to c confirm with her on that. But uh, if you've ever seen an aversion, um, it's pretty awful. Uh, more so for Cynthia because it was happening to her. And that's where the pregnant woman will lay on the bed and you'll have, you know, doctors or nurses or whatever physically try to mush on her belly until the baby is turned around. Now, they're mushing in such a way where you can actually see the outline of the baby in the body as, like, they're pushing on her stomach in almost like a slow pinwheel motion to get the baby to turn around and not be in the breech position. And then if that works, everybody's happy, healthy. They just continue on and wait for the actual due date. So I think we did this, I want to say, two or three weeks before um, she was due. And then uh, you know, everything seemed to be going good. You know, she was induced for that one as well. Um, but he got to be about seven centimeters dilated. And then it kind of stopped. And then you know, she got dilated a little more. And then they told her to start pushing. And then the umbilical cord got wrapped around his torso. And he was already kind of halfway in the birth canal. So every time she would contract, he would get squeezed. And then his blood supply would get cut off. And then his heart rate would drop. And then my wife's heart rate would drop. And her blood pressure would drop. Which uh, is a bad thing in the labor process. And that's a bad thing. You know, capital B, capital T. Um, so they had to rush her to do a C-section which was uh, probably the scariest moment of my life. There was about 10 minutes where I thought I lost them both because they can't really have somebody coming out every 30 seconds to tell you, hey, everything's good. So I got to you know, dress up in the, the surgical booties and gown and all the cap and gloves. And you know, I was aware that I looked like a, gi a giant tampon. Um, and the comedian in me kept telling myself, you know, take a picture because you look like a giant tampon. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't. I was, you know, so stressed out about it. And I finally, you know, through the, the operating room doors, I hear the baby cry. So I said, okay, yeah, there's one. 
And then uh, the nurse comes out to get me. She said, you know, what you know, the baby's fine. You know, they had to intubate Cynthia. Which means, you know, she had a tube, you know, breathing for her. Just because that was just the fastest way to get her under. So they could perform the C-section. And as I walked in, the doctor happened to be just... He was holding Cynthia's stomach open, and I can see all of her guts. And I remember making a mental note of that, saying, remind my wife to tell her that I saw her intestines as they were, you know, sewing her back up. And then, you know, baby was fine. Eventually she was fine, but that one was a, was a scary one compared to the other two. That's uh, I think for this episode, that'll be, this will be the podcast. It'll be a short and sweet one this time. Like I said, the next episode you know, should be running around 45 minutes to an hour. Um, hopefully I'll get uh, a handful of parenting stories. Like I said, anyone that submits, you know, it, you know, if it's just parenting tips, you know, usually those are short. But if it is, uh, you know, a funny story, you know, you want funny story, gross story, embarrassing story, you know, they're all entertaining. And I try not to make them too long, just because I do want to try to get everybody's in there. And then you can submit all those to uh, yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com. Again, with the uh, super unoriginal name. And I'm going to try to put the episodes out, you know, Sunday or Monday, depending on how long it gets. You know, right now I'm recording this on a Sunday night. So hopefully, uh, you know, it gets submitted, then approved, and blah, blah, blah. So it should be once a week. So it may get posted around the middle of the week. And we'll see how the uh, the algorithms go with all the podcasting bandwidth and all that happy horseshit so yeah the goal is you know one episode a week try to make it almost an hour eventually i'll have some guests and uh, we'll see how that goes and bye for now